Hi, on today's Reiki's Adventures, I'm going to be talking to Lynn Banks. She's a salon owner of a hairdresser's in North Wales um, called Exclusive Hair and Beauty in Broughton. Hello, Lynn. Hi, Jenny. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. Thank you for, for coming on the podcast today. Um, is this your first time doing a podcast? It certainly is. It's all new to me. <laughs> Well, this is this is a new one for me as well, definitely. Um, so it was good to um, know that there's light at the end of the tunnel as, as lockdown starts to, to lift for us in Wales. Um, obviously, we're still waiting on when that's going to be for hairdressers. So I know just as somebody who has hair that that's been something that we've, we've had to think about. And many people are going around showing their roots and they're growing out fringes and putting in clips and, and all kinds of things to sort of manage their way through how their hair is in lockdown. Um, so just to paint a picture for, for customers, when, when the time comes that in Wales we are allowed to open hairdressers, how's it going to look for your customers, your regular customers who know where you are coming through the door? It's going to look a little bit different for everybody because normally people just walk in. It's a very friendly salon. People come in and they'll have a chat. They won't be allowed to do that anymore. You know, it's appointment-only system. Um so we're introducing social distancing measures and screens that are being installed for safety of customers and the staff. Um, we've had to deep clean it all um, and all the staff have had detailed training on COVID-19. It's just to keep all the staff and clients safe. I mean, we have a duty of care to do this, so we've had to do it. Sure, so, sure. So as a hairdressing business, where does your sort of support and guidance come from as the head as a hairdresser and um, we are a member of the national hairdressers federation and we get all guidelines etc from them uh, as well as the government and things so but it's mainly the national hairdressers federation and yeah. they keep us updated with everything okay so so it's, it's good to know that obviously the, the necessary measures are being put in place as, as all businesses are having to adapt to um, at the moment. Um, so whilst you've not been at the salon, I, I, I guess you've been keeping in touch with your customers and giving out some tips and tricks and things. Is that right? It is. We've, we've done a few online competitions Um We've had people sending in rooties, you know, pictures of their roots, etc. We've done a few colour packs and things. So people could, uh, rather than going and buying a box dye, um, they could have uh, the colour of their, uh, what they normally have. Um, and we've just been doing that and giving them full instructions on how to do it. And then, then, then they've been sending pictures of what they've done, which has been really good. It's just keeping them... Um, informed and updated and feeling as if they're still part of us you know because most of them become friends we've done them for a long long time and it's just a friendly atmosphere what we've got definitely and I think one one of the things about coming to the hairdressers just as as a customer to a hairdresser is you know you you guys have got the sort of job where you play a part in putting a smile on people's face. You know, um, somebody, we, we can all have bad hair days and we know if we're having a bad hair day, sometimes that throws us out for the rest of the day. <laughs> so if we come to the hairdresser and we get to have that 
feel good factor that comes from whether it just be getting your hair trimmed or getting it restyled or getting your roots done or whatever your thing might be that brings you to the hairdressers. I think you, you as hairdressers, you've definitely got a role in, in playing a part that just lifts people up a little bit. And I think that's really important for people right now. I think you're right there, Jenny. It's one of those things, if, if our customers feel good, we feel good because of what we've done to them. Um, most of them, they talk to us about all sorts of things. We know probably a lot more about them and they will tell us things that they probably might not tell even friends, you know? Um, and it's what happens is whatever they tell us, it goes into a little filing cabinet until the next time they come. And then it could be something that just triggers it off we say, oh, how did you get on with XXX, you know, things like that. And it's just, it's nice that they trust us because it's a big thing to be trusted to do hair because that's the first thing that most people see. Yeah. You know, when, when they're talking to you. So, and it's, it's a passion and it's, um, I think you can't just do it because you think the hairdresser is easy. It's one of those things that it is a vocation, definitely. And it's something I always, always wanted to do. And, and I'm lucky enough to have done it. So what, say, what, was your, this, what was your first ever job? Was that anything to do with hairdressing? It was, actually. I was a Saturday girl. Um, and I started when I was 13. Um, and I left school at 15 and left on the Friday, did my Saturday job, and then started work on the Tuesday. And that was it. You know, and I've been doing hairdressing ever since. It's it's just something I still enjoy. I love it. I love every day. You know, it's one of those things. I think in hairdressing, if you don't enjoy it, that's the time to give up. You know, it's um you can't you can't do something and change people if you're not enjoying doing what you do. That's very so. true. No, nobody wants a half-hearted haircut, do they? No. So um. Uh, I think one of one of the big things for, for people coming to the hairdressers as well, and, and it's not until we got into lockdown that I kind of thought about this really, but for, for many people, they'll go to the hairdressers maybe for practical reasons because they do just want a trim. But for many people, they'll come to the hairdressers because it's something that they can do for them. It's their might be their little treat to themselves for that week. And it's a, something that they do for themselves. They're not doing it for someone else. Um, and like if somebody maybe is a carer or something, going to the hairdressers might be their only little venture out they do that week for themselves. And I'd, I'd never really thought of it like that before. I think a lot of people are the same, you know, especially if they live alone. Um, it could be the only time that they go out and see other people, especially the older generation, because it used to be, uh, they'd have to go and collect their pension, etc. you know, things like that. Whereas now it's paid into the bank. So they might yeah. not even go to a post office and claim that now. Yeah, you, so, can't, you can't get your hair done online, can you? <laughs> that's one thing you can't do. With all the tips and videos in the world, you can't get it cut and blow-dried and restyled or whatever online, can you? That's very true. Not at all. I have had um, customers FaceTiming me when I did the colour packs, FaceTiming me whilst they were doing it. <laughs> Um, saying how do I do this and I was doing them step by step whilst they were actually doing it so I wish I'd thought of that when I did mine <laughs> it was fun it was a laugh and it's um it was interaction again you know and I think that that's what people are missing it is um, isn't it yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think when when the coffee shops reopen or the bars or whatever it might be, people aren't just going to those premises. It's the connections that they've got at those premises, isn't it? 
that it's yeah. what brings people together and, and getting your hair done is is an individual experience that you you have with your hairdresser you know and, and I guess you've got some customers who've been coming to the, the same hairdressers for years that's right it's I think it's the amount of people that have said oh you're going to be rammed when you come back and this that and the other the trouble is we can't be because we're going to be restricted to the amount of people that we can have in the salon at a time and that is frustrating because normally we're used to being busy 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 you know and it's we can't be as busy with, as obviously we'd like to be and um, because of the restrictions that are imposed on us and I think every hairdresser and every beautician is going to be exactly the same. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's going to be a different experience going to to many places, isn't it, as we come out of lockdown? And, and I think we, we need to, to recognise that wherever we do go, it's, it's going to look different and it's, it's probably going to feel different for a while as well. Um, so it's, it's good to know that, you know, hairdressers are, have obviously looked at what needs to be done to, to make their own space a, a, a safe space for the customers to come into. Definitely. Um, but we just we just have to follow guidelines and do the sensible thing. I think if everybody was sensible, um, everyone would be OK. But a lot of people aren't, are they? And they, they get a little bit frustrated and um, they don't like queuing. They don't like waiting. Um, we, we have a barber's section, which normally is a walk in service. We won't be able to do that. That's going to have to be appointment only. And a lot of the gents won't like that because they like just walking in and waiting. Yeah. But yeah. We, can't, we can't have that because we can't have too many people in. So it is going to be an appointment-only service. And that's, that's, that's frustrating to us as well because of the way we normally work. Yeah, but it's adapting and changing on both sides, isn't it? It is. It is. And people have just got to go with us as, as, as much as we can. Um, it's... I think it's scary for all employers as well as employees when we start back because it's the fear of the unknown and we've never done anything like this before. Yeah. yeah. Um, but everyone's in the same boat, you know. So yes, and and we we all we learn by by doing, you know. And and if we've if we've listened to the the, the guidelines and we've we've put things in place in relation to what's recommended then it's, you know, the, the business has done their bit. And if the customers do their bit, as we've seen with the two metre rule, et cetera, then it, that's, the, although we're apart, we're working together. Um, yes. The frustrating thing for hairdressing is we can't do a two metre. That's distance. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for the girls, for instance, um, I've had to provide, um, I've done the screens for in between clients. I've done um, all PP for the girls. They're going to have face masks or face shields, or they can wear both. We can't wear gloves when we're cutting. We wear gloves anyway for colouring, etc. Um, but that's the only thing that that people may feel that is different because the girls are going to be wearing masks. Yeah, or it's going to look different. Shield. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we don't like doing that because we like doing our makeup and things like that. You know, because it's part of our job. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So just just out of curiosity, do, do hairdressers all do their own hair in the morning before they come to work? Or do you kind of do each other's to make your, all your hair look good? I've always wondered that one. The majority of us all do our own before we come to work. Sometimes uh, if we get in early, we'll fiddle with, you know, and say, look at the state of the back of your hair. And like that. <laughs> you know, um, and that's just the way that we are. Yes. Yeah. Or if 
the girls all know that I hate just ponytails because that's just lazy, you know. So I say, put it in a bun. If you want to put it up, put it in a bun. Make it look like you've done something, but ponytails are a no-no for me. Um, and my hair actually is long enough to put in a ponytail. And I have said to the girls, my hair's long enough for a ponytail. They've all laughed because they know how much I hate them. <laughs> I've not seen you with long hair yet. Well, it's quite long at the moment as well. <laughs> Yeah, it, it won't be by the time you see me, though, Jenny. Because <laughs> we're all going to go in probably the day before we start back and all do our own hair so that at least we look presentable because we probably look like yeah. the rest of the And you can, you can try out your system as well, can't you? Exactly, because for the girls, it's going to be different as well. Yeah. I know, I know what it looks like now. I'm just waiting for the screens to be put in place. Um, but everything else is done. Um We've just spent the time that we've had uh, on lockdown doing work over at the shop and things like that as as much as we can anyway. Um, and it look it looks different. It looks good. Yeah, I'm pleased. And and the location of the salon is because it's in the the middle of the village. Um, you know, how how long has that hairdresser been there now? I think it was well. It was there for a good few years before I took over. Um, I've had it for 15 years or just over now um, and I um, looked around everywhere. I looked at all different locations but that one was the perfect location because it's only it's about four or five miles outside of Chester and it's about a quarter of a mile from the retail park, Broughton Retail Park and it's got free parking etc. So any clients come if they can park I'm going to pay for parking yeah. and it's just it's quite a good little arcade of shops. It's got everything you need there. That, and most of them have been there for a long time as well. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, and it's it's also good to, to be so close to, to free parking because there are those times when you leave the hairdressers and the weather's somewhat different when you arrived. <laughs> if you haven't got an umbrella, <laughs> it is only a tiny sprint to the car park. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not exactly. that that has ever happened to me before or anything. <laughs> Most people would normally wait until the rain stops and then, then they run. <laughs> oh dear. Oh. Have I remembered rightly, did you used to teach hairdressing? I did, I did. Yeah, thank you for remembering that, Jenny. <laughs> um, that was before, before I had the shop. Um, when my children uh, were younger, um, I wanted to work um, their hours, basically, and be off when they were off. So I did a teaching degree in hairdressing. And I used to teach, uh, teach at um, West Cheshire College in Ellesmere Port. And I did that for about seven years. Um, and then when my daughter was 13, just starting high school, I thought now is the time. So, and that was the time that I just started um, my own business. And it was, it was lovely. She didn't like it very much because <laughs> I wasn't there then, but um, I thought that that was the right time. And it, and it, it has been. So as somebody who's taught hairdressing, what do you think is the, the hardest part of teaching someone to be a good hairdresser? I think that they've got to want to do it. Uh, a lot of people um, that I've taught over the years, I've done it because they thought mm, it's easy being a hairdresser, but it isn't. And the, the hardest thing for me as being a right-handed hairdresser is teaching a left-handed hairdresser. See, I'm, I'm, I'm a lefty. Yeah, but teaching someone to cut left-handed, that's really hard. We're, we're ambidextrous when it comes to blow waving and things like that, but as for cutting, 
yeah, you have to adapt your teaching skills a little bit to that way. Yeah. That that applies for anything, you know. I've had that with tennis lessons. I've had that with badminton. If, it, if you're a lefty, the instructor, unless they too themselves are a left-handed person, they're always having to go. Oh, hang on a minute, I've got to do it the opposite. And it, it, yeah, that that must be the thing for anybody teaching something if they're not the same hand as the person they're teaching. Definitely. Um, but you know when someone's got it. I would say that of all the people that I have taught, um, I would say there's probably half a dozen that are natural hairdressers, you know, just natural, and you know straight away. Um, and one of them used to work for me. because So when I um, took, my, took my salon on, I got in touch with her because she was working elsewhere. And she started working for me and she was with me for a long time until she had a baby. And yeah, she, she's just she's just recently left. That was last year. So she had maternity leave, came back, tried it for a few months and then she left. But but that was fine. She can come back in the future when when he goes to school, etc. If she wants to. It's the doors always open. That's that's really that's really good. And I think, um, you know, we. We, when we we choose a hairdresser we we want to find somebody that we we know is is going to do a good job and we we've got to like what they do we, we've got to like how they cut our hair and style our hair and I think we as as you get older and you, you kind of get you accept if you've got fine hair or you've got curly hair or whatever and you, you kind of get your favorites I think with with hairdressers um but one of the things that I know that your hairdressers does quite a bit of as well as you do get involved with things going on within the community in in previous times um so just tell me about some of the things that you've done in in the community as a business all right okay um we always do some donations etc to local um schools uh football teams things like that we get involved with um giving them um vouchers etc so that they can do um a, a raffle and also we've done one lady really really bravely did the brave the shave and we shaved her hair for her but and we videoed it and we did post it on our uh, facebook page um she had short hair at the time and had always had short hair and i think she'd lost a friend to breast cancer and she wanted to raise some money so she did the brave the shave and her hair is quite long now. It's about two years ago, and it's quite long now. And we've also done work for um, a couple of people have donated their hair when they've had very, very long hair to the Princess Trust. And is, is that, they put is, people's hair in a long plait and then they cut it off. Yes. Yeah. And then cut it off. Yes, exactly. And I think it's got to be at least nine or ten inches long before that they can donate it. So. Uh, we've had a couple of people that have done that. They're little, little young, youngsters, you know, and, it, and it's nice that youngsters want to do that. Yeah, and, and that's a transformation haircut for them as well, isn't it? It is. It is. It makes them feel very grown up when they've had that very long. Get their locks chopped hair. off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but they always have a smile on their face when they go out because they know they've done a good thing and they've got a new look as well. So um, I would imagine for, for children coming into the, the salon for the first time, when they get that first haircut, is there any sort of, um, you know, tips or anything that that parents can do before they bring the child in for that very first cut? 
I think a lot of parents, what, where they go wrong, and a lot of hairdressers, if they are listening to this, will totally agree with me. Parents bringing in the shop, oh, they don't like having their hair cut. Oh, you'll be fine. The lady's not going to hurt you. And if they say things like that, that automatically plants the fear in the yeah. child. You know? Yeah. Um, I think bribery works really well with children. <laughs> um, sweets, chocolate, biscuits, all sorts of things. Keep them interested. Have a book in front of them whilst we're doing what we do. It's just making them feel comfortable. I think if they're scared the first time, they're going to be scared for a long time. It's, it's interesting so what you say there about the, the language that they use, because if you say, you know, oh, there's nothing to be scared of, it, it already paints a, a picture that it might be scary. Whereas I think if, if they were maybe to say, you know, oh, we're going to go to the hairdressers and, you, you know, you're going to get to meet Lynn and you're going to get to see what you look like in the mirror and, and sort of paint a, a light-hearted picture rather than a, there's nothing to be worried about, the scissors aren't very sharp and that kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. Um, the other thing is a lot of people, mums, young mums, when they come to the hairdresser the first time, they get someone to look after their children whilst they're having their hair done. Yeah. And then when they come in to have a haircut, it's something new to It's them. a brand new experience, well, yeah. I think that they, they need to bring them in a couple of times so that they can see what happens to mummy or daddy when they're having their hair cut yeah. and things. And, um, and sitting on their knee whilst they're having their hair done. And... Mm. Um, I think that we'd still be able to do that by a lot in the lockdown restrictions. Um, because the children can come in because they're from a household, you know. So yeah, they're one, coming in maybe. together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have got to um say as well that when people do come in, when we do open again, we're gonna have restrictions as to how many people can come in at a time, because sometimes a uh, husband and a wife and all the children will come in together and that that's that's going to fill the shop do you understand what i mean if the if the husband and say two sons are, are in the barbers that's the barbers done yes because they are from one household and vice versa yeah so i think we are going to be restricted on numbers that can come in at a time yeah that that would that would make sense because obviously you, you've got a limited space that, that you're working with for your customers haven't you mm-hmm yeah, I mean, luckily, the, my salon is, is quite, it's not big, it's not massive, but it's bigger than a lot. Uh, and we have got the separate section for the gents and we've got the separate section for any beauty treatments, etc. Um, and it's just, so at least we can separate people. And am I am I right in thinking that you, um, in the past, you've had like, um, people can get their makeup done and their nails as well with you? Yes, yeah, we've got uh, beauty treatments available, um, eyelashes, eyebrow tinting and waxing and etc. Things like that are available. Um, we we don't do all beauty treatments because there is um, a beauty salon near us, so we let them do a lot of other beauty treatments, and we do things that complement the hair and things like that. And so as when restrictions allow and, and you do get to reopen the salon, it, it's purely going to be the ladies hairdressing side first is, before the other things as well. Is that right? Um, no, I think that we can open all things, as I say, because they're all separate. Yeah. So we, we will have our, our beautician can do nails because we can keep that separate. Um and she can do eyebrow waxing and eyebrow tinting because she has got the PPE. She's got all that ready to go. The gents section is separate as well. So um, 
our barber can do a client and have one client waiting and they've still got the two meter um, separation there, but she can only have one waiting and doing one at a time. And that's the way that we're having to do it. Does that make sense? That does make sense, yeah. And I think you've painted a good picture there of, of how people you know, can expect that their, their first visit to a salon is, is going to look when, when time allows. Um, so I think it's been really good to talk to you today, Lynn. It's, it's, you painted a, a good picture of how things are going to be for your salon. Um, so if anybody did want to come and check out Exclusive Hair and Beauty, whereabouts can they find you? Um, Facebook. They can find us on Facebook or they can email us any information that they want and I'll get back to them as soon as I can. Um, but mostly um, we will advertise our Broughton Life so for local community and local um, people who live within a five mile radius can find any information because we post on there regularly. And is it Broughton Life within Facebook? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Broughton Life is on Facebook and we are post on there. We keep people updated as, as to when we're going to be reopening. Uh, lots of people, we've just put a priority list out now. So people are contacting us. Um, via the phone I've got the shop phone diverted through to um, a mobile phone so I'm just writing names down as soon as we have a definite date then obviously I'm going to be contacting everybody that's on this list which is getting quite long <laughs> now um, and booking them in that's great so obviously I think that that date is what we're all waiting for isn't it I know and it just depends because we're classed as flincher and just on the outskirts of England we may be a little bit behind England. Yeah. So um, I think things might be uh, announced today. We are due some is... announcements today, I believe, aren't we? Yes, exactly. So it'd be nice. But I know that at the moment, Wales is a week behind England for um, uh, the shops opening. You yeah. know, some non-essential shops are only going to be open, I think, next week. Yeah. Whereas England was last week, so we are a, they are a week behind at the moment. So. Yeah, fingers crossed that that starts to happen soon. And I hope so for me as well. Stay, yeah. stay five miles within our own areas and and keep walking and keep sharing and keep supporting each other and um, and keep talking. Um, Exactly. And at, at that point, I think I'm going to stop talking and just say thank you very much for coming on today's podcast, Lynn. Um, it's been really nice to talk to you. It's a pleasure, Jenny. Yeah, thank you very much. You're very welcome. And I hope to see you for at least a haircut sometime soon. <laughs> I hope so, yes. Okay, then. Lovely. We've got a little treat for you now with a virtual haircut. If you've never listened to a virtual haircut before, then you need to get yourself some earphones if you're not already wearing them. Close your eyes, put your earphones in and have a listen. Yes, yes. You are here for the virtual haircut? Yes, yes, okay. I will go get Luigi. He will come and cut your hair. Uh, I, I am Manuel. Just, just stay right there. Uh, Luigi? Luigi? Uh, Luigi? It's Manuel here. Uh, the person is here for your virtual haircut. 
You better come up. Christ, Emmanuel, I've come right now. Yeah. He, he is coming up right now. And meanwhile, I will go over here and play the music, play the guitar, because that is what I do here at the barber shop. Ah, it's so nice to see you. Welcome to the Starkey Cetera Barbershop and your virtual haircut. I'd like to start the demonstration by moving over to your right-hand side and picking up this bag. If you just hold still for a second, I'll put this bag over your head. Just like that. The bag over the top of the head. And now I'll take the bag off. There we go. The only reason I did that is because all of the fancy barbershops do that. What you're listening to as I move off to your right here and very quickly wash my hands. Manuel, could you get that, please? Yes, Oh, thank you, Manuel. Let me finish washing my hands here. Just uh, bear with me for a few more seconds. Ah, there Ah, yes. As I was saying, all we are doing is using your head as the listening point. And we have two microphones, one on either side of the head, in the same position as where your left and your right ears are. Your brain is doing all of the work, telling you where the sounds are coming from. Okay, I'll go get the scissors. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's nice and sharp. Now, as I begin the clipping, and I bring the clippers closer to your ear, very close to the right ear. Follow me as I move around the back of the head to the left ear, and up and over the top of the head. Okay. Now, you can get the same effect better with the electric razor. I'll first bring it close to your right ear. It's perfect. And around the back. And onto your left. Ah, yes. I think that looks wonderful. Manuel, what do you think? Huh? What? Oh, yes. Yes. It looks wonderful, Luigi. You do such nice work. Ah, thank you so much, Manuel. So fast, too. Now. As I walk around, I just want to tell you once more that your ability to hear where I am as I walk around the room is simply the amazing power of your brain. Calculating the tiny differences or cues in sound intensity and arrival time from two open ears. And unlike any other hearing instrument, only one has the digital algorithm that negates its own physical presence in the ear to fully restore those differences. That algorithm is called Sedera. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for stopping by the Starkey Virtual Barber Shop. Goodbye and arrivederci.
If you're listening to this in Anchor, then you will get a little track coming up now. And the music kind of sums up the mood of how I think many people will feel when they do come away from that hairdresser's after their first visit, when they've got their roots done, or they've got their hair cut, or whatever it is that makes them just feel that little bit better. And right now, in these times, we need to look for the things that make us feel that little bit better. So hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. If you have, please do give us a follow. If you like your hairdressers and you want to give it a share so that friends who might be anxious or worried feel a little bit more reassured, then please do. And please keep talking and please keep sharing because it really does make the difference. Thank you.